Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and today I'm going to be doing a little bit of a longer podcast. And I'm a real believer in long podcasts because certain subjects just you can't do justice to them with a 45 or even a 60 minute conversation. And I'm going to be chatting with a good friend of mine, Professor David Williams, and he is the CEO of a chemical company, and he has about 16 years working as a chemist with over 30 different corporate clients. And we're going to go a whole lot more in-depth into his dossier and into some really fascinating experiences that he had. So this podcast is going to be a little, this is my prediction for this podcast, okay, David? It's going to start out like really nerdy, really geeky, going into some of this 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 area where I think that you've really attained like some some mastery in this in this domain of uh, biohacking. And then we're going to, you know, get into some of the the really fascinating life experiences that you have. And I think some really kind of pioneering ways that you found to use nootropics and biohacking innovatively to uh, to live a really a really interesting, really colorful life. So thanks for joining me. How are you doing there in Medellin? I'm doing great, Jonathan. Thanks. How are you? You know what? Right before this phone call, I had a moment that any biohacker is familiar with, which is where you've got your bag full of powdered nootropics and you pick it up, but you pick it up from the wrong side and you <laughs> spill the powder all, 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 all over yourself. You sound like you work for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you have this little bit of a dilemma where you're like, well, I hate to waste all this powder. I, I hate to waste all these great nootropics. So, you know, I could just throw them away or I could, you know, or, or I could, you know, maybe like my desk isn't that dirty. You know, maybe I could just take them myself. You have a little bit of you have a little bit of that of that <laughs> dilemma on the hand. So I uh, let's see right now I'm on a stack of adaptogenic herbs and vimpocetine, which I am just kind of new to using, but I'm hoping it's going to turn out to be like a really good stack for having these sorts of conversations ideally okay so i i wanted to first let our audience know a little bit about how i got to meet you because we actually met each other like in the real world we didn't we didn't meet each other as uh you know in some form of online thing we met each other over over dinner in uh what was that place humo in yeah. in downtown medellin right right and I have a little bit of this philosophy to networking and part of my philosophy is to go to is to go to countries that are kind of like what people consider dodgy or dangerous countries and I it, go spending time in these countries I find is kind of like a a life hack for meeting people that are kind of above my pay grade because for for some reason I, I i got my hypotheses but in countries that you generally hear like scary things about in the headlines if you go to those countries as an 
uh, expat, you're inevitably going to meet like interesting entrepreneurs. You're going to meet like people that are like doing like really innovative type things a whole lot more than you will kind of staying within your geographic comfort zone. And, and I totally attribute that particular effect to, to our friendship. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I think okay. that, I think that, uh, you know, going back as well, just really briefly is that let them think that in fact, let the people who really don't deserve to come down here, stay up there and live in fear. Cause I mean, fear is, is paralyzing and it takes a lot to make that jump, to leave the States and to go do something with yourself. And okay, so let's let I so you have worked with, as I said, over thirty different corporate clients, which which uh, have a real wide range. Everything from like your your nutraceutical companies that are putting out these these cool nutraceutical products that you're seeing all sorts of places online that you're seeing on the shelves of health food stores to. Uh, government agencies, NGOs, and all the way to uh, big pharma, it sounds like. But I under I understand that due to the very special type of work that you do with these people, due to what I assume is the very uh, handsome compensation that 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 you that's that's involved with this, we can't we can't drop any names right now on this call. So the the listeners are going to you know are going to have to have to judge based upon this this conversation. You know our level of of competence because I I can't I can't drop names of of who you've worked for, but I do I do know and it is uh yeah it is it is quite impressive. Can you tell me a little bit about kind of how? you got into this i did it did it start with a actually let me let me ask you this did your interest and your passion in this area of biohacking was it something that resulted from curiosity or from desperation i would have to say growing up as a foreigner um probably amalgamation of things see the thing about is i moved to Germany at 17 and I attended university in, in Germany without speaking any German and so I was forced to learn the language first of all and mind you I had no intention of ever returning back to the United States and so as I saw how more successful people were I wanted to do as they did and I mean, everybody, every guy wants to have the money, have the car, have the girls. And that was my attraction to begin with. Um, I did not start out as a chemist. I actually started off in civil engineering and I discovered really quickly that I hated it with a passion. And I found that I had a knack for problem solving. And when I got into uh, nootropics, which was in the early 90s before anyone ever heard of it, <clears throat> I had just stumbled upon it because of someone being treated for brain trauma. Okay, so did you read that book, the Smart Drugs book that came out in the 90s? No. Okay, okay, continue. I had no access to English books. Oh, okay. okay. It was very, very isolated. <laughs> I learned very quickly though. Okay. I, ended up, I ended up learning languages really quickly. And 
and you used you used nootropics to overcome PTSD, correct? Yes, I did. Overcome and, or treat. Now I have overcome paralyzing agoraphobia, uh, panic attacks, insomnia, night terrors. Night terrors are not like nightmares. They are beyond what you could ever imagine in your worst DMT dreams. Yeah, I've never had one. I've, I've heard about them and they sound like they're something that can be quite debilitating for people in, in their waking lives, even. That's when I got sleep. And the, okay, and so uh, dealing with these internal demons, what, do you have some hypotheses as to where those came from? You mean from PTSD? Yeah. yeah. From being in combat. The reason why the reason the reason why I was overseas to begin with is because I was in the Gulf War. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, was, and how long, how did, long you did you serve, serve in the Gulf, in the Gulf War? War? Well, I was in the Gulf War for two years. I was in the military for sixteen. Okay. And of the you know the thing that you always hear is that is that the the people that you go to war with are these people that you form these really profound, un, unequalable bonds with. And have you, have you kept up with the other guys that were in your squad? How, how, are, how are they doing? Not good. I've had probably over the past, um, let's see, got in 2008. So um, as far as suicides, I can't remember. There's been a lot, a lot of suicides. A lot of people have, are still you know, in the bottle drinking themselves mm -hmm. to death or they're doing drugs. A lot of them are homeless, living in the States. Um, but a lot of them don't realize that there's help beyond going to the VA hospital and things like that where they just, you know, they don't, they're over man, they're, they're under man, they don't have therapists and so on. So I found a very beneficial by, not by chance, no, I was in the uh, Miami VA hospital and I, one of my friends who is, a, uh, is paralyzed, his name is Jose, and Jose invited me to come to Puerto Rico where in Puerto Rico there is a VA hospital where they put in an express lane for combat veterans. And, you know, there, again, um, language barrier, but uh, they do speak English, the doctors do. I had a, a psychotherapist, I had a psychiatrist, and I had a social worker. Now, the interesting about the social worker was she insisted that I try meditation. And meditation, obviously, I have a background in nootropics, and I know, um, put it this way, I'm not going to go into anything, anything philosophical or religious. Um, not that I'm a for or against it. But she had me basically do breathing exercises. And these breathing exercises led into everything. These breathing exercises and meditation turned to something that I, I'm going to try and give you a visual. She said, sit back in this chair and I want you to stare at this calendar on the wall. And the calendar on the wall was an Indian on a horse. It was like a calico covered, colored horse. And I want you to look at it and I want you to, to just listen to the sound of my voice. Now, don't fall asleep on me, Jonathan. Listen to the sound of my voice and I want you to breathe in real deep with me right now and just, and hold it for a second. I want you to 
get all the air out of your stomach like that. And repeat that, and she did that over and over and over again. And it was not even two minutes. I was out cold. And I could still hear her talking to me. And during this time, I'm reflecting on combat. And, you know, I took all that stuff personally. You know, um, I got to see 19 guys die uh, from a terrorist attack in one day. And um, those images haunted me literally every two hours or so, every single day and every single night for years. And I'm in this bit of a trance-like state. And all I can see above me are the bluest skies I'd ever seen in my life and big titties. <laughs> Happy place. Oh my God, it was wonderful. And I could hear her as if she was down a hallway. And then she's like, come back and, and we're coming back. And she's counting down and I'm just ignoring her because I just was loving this. Um, and what happened was, you know, the brain chemistry and so on, the frequency in my mind, I could feel this hum that was like, woo, 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 woo. And I can only compare it to what you would feel on MDMA, basically. It was just a little bit like being on, on a nice, crisp dose of 1990s Canadian MDMA or Holland. Wow, that really hit the sweet spot for you. For me, it was. And it was a switch that went off in my brain that made me discover I need to uh, ro roll back that my talent is not enough. Okay? I need to start helping other people and I need to just for not forget but forgive a lot of uh, people that had done me wrong in the past, which is a lot of them. Um, I need to cut off bad relationships and I need to start living literally a minute at a time. And over a period of months, because I had to do these therapies twice a week for two years um, to get off of all the psych meds they put me on. And so they had recommended a number of, of herbal remedies, which didn't work for sleep. And so I went back to my roots, which has been in nootropics, hormones, um, and now you would call them research chemicals because they fall under that gray area in the law that are, they are legal to buy and possess, but they're for research purposes only. And mm -hmm. I started experimenting with a number, I mean, every single type of uh, nootropic and any ancillary that I could get my hands on to normalize my hormones. Because when you live under that much stress for so long, your cortisol levels are really high, your body fat goes crazy, you can't sleep, you're hungry all the time, you're pissed off all the time. And so I had some labs done. I was low in testosterone. I was high in estrogen levels, which, which explained a lot of the bitchiness and feeling uh, very insecure about myself. And got on some hormone replacement therapy, which is once one injection every 10 weeks. Um, so it, it transformed my body as well. I stopped smoking literally overnight. And I started to experiment with every possible sleep aid known to science. And so as I, I dug deeper into research in the work I was in, um, I looked in a lot of the archives of of a lot of these, they, they, we want, I want to call them orphan drugs or orphan formulas. And that, I can't say that I stole anything. All I can say is I used my brain and 
piece the math together so that I could realistically help myself. Now, fast forward several years, and I realized something too. A lot of nootropics fall under the proteins, proteins and amino acids. So, no, amino acids are, the spectrum is enormous. And two of the most, I think, most helpful nootropics that have helped me, and you got to realize something, in the 90s, all I had access to was paracetam. But paracetam, again, has probably 1,200 studies, and this is in 1995, of brain trauma, alcoholism, things like that for treatment of mm -hmm. these, these problems. So I went back to what I knew. And I, I know a lot of your, your watchers and your subscribers are probably laughing right now saying, paracetam, ha, ha, ha. Well, you know what? The racetams had to start somewhere. And that was what I had knowledge about that I knew worked and had, you know, if you look in the PubMed's journals, there are just so many pages. You could not read them all in a year if you read them every. Yeah, it, it, it really is remarkable how, how well established it is as a tool that really does work for a number of issues. Like at, at least you think of at least a dozen issues that it is really quite transformative for. It's, it's quite, I have, I have my conspiracy theories as to why paracetam is not more of a household name like uh, Tylenol or uh, that, that sort of thing. Cause it, yeah, it really is great. It's one of the top things that I recommend to almost anyone. The reason is because they haven't hired me. That's why. Somebody comes along and says, hey, we need something for X, Y, Z, then we would potentially figure it out. And I don't just do the, I'm not taking the credit for this, okay? I work with teams of people who are specialists in certain things. And if they are the best in their field, then I, of course, will work with that person and figure out the problem because they pay us for making, for coming up with solutions. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it and then that would drop the market up for the rest of us and they wouldn't pay us so well, now would it? Now, when someone has alcoholism, for example, I'm going to give you a, a real fresh fish here. One year ago in October, a guy came here from the States that was strung out on heroin, cocaine of all things, to come to Columbia for. Oh, yeah, great. Good, good, tr good travel plans, dude. And alcoholism. <laughs> this guy was a garbage can. He was taking literally anything and everything he could do he was homeless. This guy had worms in his skin. He had worms under Ooh. his fingernails. Okay. Ooh. So, and obviously nobody's going to touch him. He had staff all over himself. And, um, so I, of course, you know, I, I helped him out <clears throat> and I have a, uh, this is something that you ought to know. I developed a suspension, uh, for basically any or all types of medications or it's, it's a transdermal, but it can be taken orally. And it's called BC Suspension, and I'll give you the basics, but I'm not going to give you the whole formula. Um, but it is a derivative of dimethyl sulfoxide, which is DMSO, which is originally a chemical used for paper. It was a byproduct of paper production. Eventually, it evolved into a, um, a chemical that they use on horses, racehorses for their joints. And they uh, just they approved it for bladder pain. The FDA approved it for bladder pain. Now it's a really harsh chemical. So what I did was I just used 0.01 percent, and I added my 
my other uh, things that I work as a transdermal as well. However, when you take this and you mix whatever you're making with this BC suspension and you take it orally under your tongue 30 seconds, it's like getting fired out of a cannon. It hits you that hard. It's just like taking an injection. When oral solutions basically hit the stomach and you only absorb 30%, you have to think about the bioavailability of anything. You're dumping your money into a nootropic that you spent $100 on and you're hoping to get the best value out of it so you capsulize it and you don't realize you're getting the whole thing. So I basically eliminated that problem by creating something that was just like taking an injection. And it's in every cell in your body in 30 seconds. So I basically took this thing and I started to figure out what it took to help somebody like him. So I mix up the formula is, real quick. I'm, I'm curious, is there a, is, is, the, is, there a, is there a downside to drastic, to increasing the bioavailability that, that steeply because it's because the the tolerance curve to whatever that particular uh, pharmacokinetic agent is gonna is gonna kick in that because that that sounds that sounds awesome but I'm wondering uh, I'm wondering what the what the other implications are of something that is gonna like 5x or 10x whatever uh, performance enhancer you're taking it does it does actually do that a lot especially when it comes to things like thermogenics. Um, thermogenics being um, something that helps your metabolism. Um, anything that's going to, a SARM for example, a selective antigen receptor modulator, um, would basically use 100% bioavailability, which is awesome in terms of effectiveness in the body, especially where it affects the cells. Now, the thing about it is, is that you don't have to concern yourself. When it is 100 milligrams, it is 100 milligrams. So in the event that you get some underdosed Chinese garbage that you ordered on the internet and it's probably 20% purity if that you're going to get the 20% and you're going to know it as opposed to capping it it breaks down in the stomach um, which it doesn't get it directly into the bloodstream so let me go back to the story with this guy because he was so scrambled when he came to managing he was all over the place you've seen a homeless person a crazy person in the street and he's emaciated and he has these just like pinworms all over his body. So I obviously had to get something going. And so I, I um, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't just uh, play around with human stuff. Obviously, I have dogs. And so I had some anti-parasitic um, uh, medication that I had and I mixed it with the transdermal. And obviously I have gloves up to here because I don't want what this guy has. And we just went all over his body. Now what happens when it hit the bloodstream it just made his whole body toxic to these parasites. And the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my, ha my life happen is those worms crawled out from under his fingernails. Oh my gosh. This, this is a uh, horror movie stuff. It was gross. But the best part was I added, I gave him some paracetam, obviously some general antibiotics, which are over the counter here. And for the next three days, he was basically in like quarantine. I have a guest house behind my house and I let him stay mm -hmm. there. And I created a, uh, also an antifungal, anti-staph um, body wash for him really quickly, by the way, um, in the lab. And I put it all together for him. I made this guy wash with tea tree oil and everything else. Every single day, he had to scrub three times a day with this stuff. 
And with just the paracetam, nothing else, just paracetam, food, and obviously not doing drugs or drinking um, during this detox, within three days, this guy was literally ready to read the Wall Street Journal. Wow. It was that profound. And it's a combination of factors and, you know, food and, and not being around that environment, that energy and so on. Um, every night I had did, him. Did, did he relapse? No, since then, no. He's, oh, that's, that, that's No, impressive. no, there's more to the story. I really want you to hear this because this was good. And I want to connect all this together because, you know, as a super nerd, I'm not going to call him a regular nerd, as a super nerd that has found the connection um, between not just using my brain, but actually applying it to the physical body, which has affected me personally, psychologically, and as a result has given me much more ability to talk to people and converse, and my self-esteem obviously is affected as well. And you go from being that beta to the alpha that people really want to listen to that I was prior to the war because I was that guy. I was just funny and everything else. After that, I got shut down. So afterwards, this guy is clear-headed and so on. I send him up to the mountains of Santa Elena to work for three months. Ooh, I've been there. Yes, very nice. It's cold. It's freezing. By the way, you guys, you don't know that uh, Colombian, Colombia is actually very cool in certain areas. And up in the mountains, it's actually frigid cold. And up there, he just spent his whole time building um, log cabins for my friend who has a camp up there, a really nice camp. And he built log cabins because he was an electrician by trade. And he's working and working and working. And uh, before too long, uh, we got him into a ceremony of ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know about ayahuasca, basically this is not a drug that is a party drug. They're not going to have fun on this. I didn't have fun on it. <laughs> not. It's very, let's just, it's very, you, you're going to think about everything wrong about you. And not just that, you're going to see these beings, um, call them gods, call them angels, call them what you want. These spirit people are going to come in the, and you're going to try and convince them that you're not that bad and they're going to laugh at you. And it's amazing what, uh, what this guy's experience was after he told me. And after that, he said that he, in this, in this vision that he was having, he was vomiting syringes, black oh, stuff and wow, syringes. Wow. He was vomiting syringes. And after it was all gone, he had this very uh, uh, crazy, wonderful feeling afterwards. So that was an experience with that guy, and uh, he's doing rather well now. Um, hasn't gone back to you know working with nootropics at all because it's not really his thing. I did it as an emergency situation, considering his mental health condition that he was in. And no doctor here in Medellin is going to touch the guy. He doesn't even know what to do. They're going to put him in a crazy house, pump him up full of... Uh, uh, of, of uh, anything that's going to sedate him. Um, and then he's doing a Thorazine shuffle for three months and then he'll get out and relapse and do it all over again. Um, I have gone on to work on better things, you know, just knowing these little bitty things. I would not want to do this as a vocation. In other words, I would not want to work in a hospital or in a university on a full-time basis just on the fact that I know too much. Because you, yourself, are promoting things that scare the living shit out of governing bodies. They don't want <laughs> yeah, they, they, they do. don't want smart people. They want servants. They want stupid people. And what we introduce to people can potentially get us in trouble. And that's why a person like myself would end up on the quack list in a second. If I did not live in South America and I was living in the States, I would be like that 
guy David Avocado Wolf, you know, who's telling people to to put uh, uh, lemon juice in their eyes or or use pink salt because it it cleans your pineal gland from drinking too much fluoride and all that bullshit. So I personally think that what we have going on as far as our small society of people, um, and I'm going to call it that because that's what it is, transcends from just being a bunch of smart nerds that are clicking and pasting stuff that they read on the internet, but real research people. Now that transcends into other areas where you got to realize I grew up a very skinny kid, got picked on a lot, had a funny accent, and I needed to get bigger. And so I only had two things in my house because I was very poor. It was encyclopedias that I read every day to learn words and so on. And some cement weights behind the building where we lived. Some old cement weights somebody had left. And I lifted weights every day. And before too long, those kids at school stopped messing with me. You, you're originally from Belgrade, Serbia. And then you grew up in the States in California? Miami. Miami, okay. okay. Yeah. And so when transitioning into nootropics and getting into involved in other things, um, I basically do what no, no people can really imagine doing, you know, and that's where I got started. I got started actually when I was in my early 20s. And um, I just turned 43, by the way. You, you, look, you look good. Hey, I, I wanted to go back about 15 minutes in this conversation and there was something, something that, I was, that I was real curious about. So we were talking about PTSD and how you, uh, how for you, you kind of reached like this, this moment, uh, you had this, this awakening to, the, to your own ability to change your state of mind. And a, a, a lot of people, a lot of people will have something like this, like as a biohacker or, or even just in their general, you know, journey of personal development, they'll try something and it's, it's a little bit different. It's different for everybody, but they'll try something and they'll be like, wow, this like profoundly changed the way that I see myself in the world and that I see the degree of control that I have over my circumstances. And, and for you, it sounds like it was kind of like that, uh, that Vipassana breathing technique that, that uh, a, a wonderful VA worker taught you. And, uh, and, and okay, and so I'm curious, so when you are talking to old squad mates of yours, or you're talking to other young guys that, have, that are combat veterans that have to go through that really grueling journey of reconstructing their mind after being in the environment that, so, that, that is to destroy minds and destroy bodies. What do, what do you think is like the low hanging fruit of treatment of uh, PTSD for combat veterans, like something that that everybody should be doing, but that few are. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend two very important things for someone with PTSD in general. It doesn't have to be a combat veteran. It could be somebody a, a, vic, a victim of rape or or a natural disaster or anything like that that causes them that paralyzing PTSD day and night, okay? 
and I'm going to tell you my techniques and what works for me, and it may not work for you, but it works for me. And it started off as one thing and evolved into several, okay? And when I was sedentary and I didn't leave my house because I had agoraphobia, first of all, I had to recognize that my body was way out of shape, my hormones were out of whack, and that I needed to get active because when you're in the military, you have to exercise every day. If you're in, if you're in the army, for example, they have to do PT every day. Um, you have to you have standards, and when they stop doing all these things, uh, your body goes to shit, and your hormones are out of whack. So I had to get that under control first. The second thing is after I did get my body in shape, I stopped smoking. I obviously don't drink anymore. I've been sober almost 15 years now, and I don't truck. I don't touch any addictive drugs, and that um, I'm not going to say. I, I don't smoke pot. I don't touch uh, any. Cannabis, although it is helpful for a lot of people, um, I wouldn't touch anything harder than that. I don't actually don't even take painkillers, and that was really stupid of me. But I had surgery with no anesthesia as well, just at a certain <laughs> point, and I did it. It was awful. It, yeah, that sounds like not. You, you were trying to uh, re, relive a moment from the Civil War or something. That was ridiculous. <laughs> so um, two things that I uh, do in the morning, uh, for example. Um, I do a 10-minute meditation on Headspace, which is an app that you can download. Um, also, I, I have kind of tweaked. You've, you've probably heard of Bulletproof Coffee. Well, there's a lot in that besides uh, just drinking butter, which is partially what it is, MCT oil and butter, um, along with coffee. But I've actually included a half a teaspoon of cinnamon, which balances your blood sugar through the whole day so you don't get hungry. In addition to and and is also if I'm not correct, it's a MAOA inhibitor, so it is more conducive to uh, flow states. Correct. Yes. Also, blood flow. Obviously, the brain is an electrical system, and if you don't have blood in that area, caffeine and the the triglycerides effectively handle the portions of the brain. You see, the the brain is is fatty tissue, and it needs blood to go those. And when it's been doing nothing. Um, it needs something that's going to give it a jolt. That's one thing that I do. But I use uh, 25 grams of, of protein. It could be a protein of your choice. It doesn't matter as long as it is not soy. Okay, Soy will for men is very bad. converts to estrogen, which can make you a little beta all over again when you're trying to make yourself an alpha and feel better about yourself. Um, two tablespoons of oatmeal. You want to try and use something that's going to be fast acting. It's going to get in your bloodstream fast. So I throw it in a blender and it's going to release all those things into uh, that suspension and you drink it down as fast as you can. And all it is, and this is the best way to do it, instant coffee, not regular coffee, just instant coffee, a, t- a teaspoon of instant coffee, water, uh, two tablespoons of uh, coconut oil. I don't care if it's organic, doesn't matter. A teaspoon of butter. Or you could use MTC oil in place of the coconut oil if you can't get it where you live. Um, Half a teaspoon of the cinnamon and you're ready to rock. When you drink that stuff, you're going to feel amazing in about an hour, 45 minutes. Um, I take a modafinil, a 200 milligram in the morning along with 75 milligrams of our modafinil. So I will be basically on point for the next six hours in terms of what I need to do as far as staying on, uh, focused. Now, 
Obviously, that's a lot for a, a normal person to do. However, immediately after I do my morning meditation is I go to the gym and I do 40 minutes of cardio. And I'm not talking about running, okay? I'm talking about walking on an incline at a 15%. By the time you're done with 40 minutes of that, you are ready to die. Okay. The 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 eighty year old David is going to be very thankful to the uh, the forty one year old David for for having functioning knees. I want to be that jacked old dude. See the grays coming in. I think it's distinguished, distinguishing. So I do that in the morning. Now at night, I'm going to tell you guys this is not for everybody. Okay. I use two products, and one of them is called Fentabut. Fentabut is a raw powder that will assist somebody who has panic disorders, somebody who has depression, somebody who has nightmares, and, and somebody who has insomnia. There's a bunch of other things that can assist that as well. But there's another product, and this is commercial now. Before this gets banned, I really recommend this. And it does have 500 milligrams of fentanyl in it as well. So I equivalent those two. So I take exactly one gram of fentanyl at night. No more than that and I don't take it more than three days in a row. Because it will- <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're running, running to a, a tolerance curve. curve. And that's not what you want, it's not what you take it for. The interesting thing is, is that once your mind has adapted to a sleep schedule, amazing things start to happen. Is that your body will no longer need those things. I particularly enjoy it, um, which is a reason why a lot of people who take Benadryl every night, I don't even get that anymore, <clears throat> and they wake up at three o'clock in the morning and they can't go back to bed. Um, they feel drugged up. And the funny thing is that you feel very sharp in the morning, and that's helped a lot. Now, one thing I didn't mention is that my morning routine also includes chaga mushroom and lion's mane. Now, if you do the bulletproof, and I'm going to call it my bro-proof uh, coffee in the morning, you probably want to do one or the other. You don't want to take the both. I do chaga mushroom and I do the lion's mane and it does have about 40 milligrams of caffeine in it. So you kind of don't want to go over that 200 to 300 milligram of caffeine in the AM unless you're going to go do cardio. And otherwise you're going to feel shaky. No one likes to feel that terrible shake. It feels like you drank like 10 espressos. It's not fun. So in the event that you do take this bulletproof magic or the chaga mushroom and lion's mane combo together, you should, in fact, go do cardio wherever you can. I mean, it'll basically it'll peel the fat off of you. You know, the MTC oil or the, or the coconut oil and the butter basically is going to put you into a mild state of ketosis. But I added 20 grams of oats. Does, does the, now you mentioned oatmeal earlier. Isn't oatmeal something that would mess with Ketosis, I thought, I always thought oatmeal was a carb. It is. For it's, some reason. It's a long burning carb. So I'm saying if you're in ketosis, so it takes days to get into ketosis. So even with 20 grams of carbs, which is what I mentioned, you can still pee on the ketosis, uh, ketone stick and still come up positive for pissing out ketosis. Now remember, that's what I do. And I'm not eating carbs all day. I have broccoli and asparagus all day long. It's very boring, I assure you. So the average person who doesn't eat the way I do or exercise the way I do, this probably wouldn't be best for them. But I'm specifically targeting veterans who work out or want to get better because you have to get better. 
It's otherwise you got to be the homeless guy. You're going to continuously feel depressed and sad and, and feel sorry for yourself. And you're going to annoy every person around you because you're always depressed. Um, and the only way out of it really is action. And these are actions that I had to learn over time by trial and error because I made so many mistakes and, you know, uh, poor, poor wife of mine, you know, has had to put up with me, um, forever with every single uh, bit of the night terrors and the feeling depressed and the, and everything else and to see me as this new man who is completely shredded physically, but sharp as I used to be, if not better. Okay, so so you're uh, okay. So that's your that's your morning. And as far as for PTSD, so so you recommend like this this stack for just like having really really kick ass mornings where you're where all of that all of that cortisol that is chronically being being released in the body of the person dealing with PTSD, they're gonna have the uh they're gonna have the motivation to go and just like really burn all of that so they can be in a a whole lot more clear state of mind and how many how many days is that like a seven day a week thing or is that like it's as it's, as needed it is it is an as needed thing as far as activities go um because a lot of guys you know they have to go to the va often and sit there and all this stuff and you don't want to be jacked up on this stuff when you go and you have to be in an appointment or you're at some horrible job where you have to sit behind a desk, or you're just stuck somewhere. You have to basically be active if you're gonna take these things. Now, it doesn't matter if you do take the lion's mane and the chaga mushroom and not go exercise. I'm referring to the Bulletproof, uh, my version of the Bulletproof, um, as far as, as feeling full all day long and not feeling uh, uh, your blood sugar drop. Um, lethargy kicks in. That's the problem is that a lot of people feel lethargic and they lose the desire to pretty much do anything. You want to talk about veterans, take that to the next level because they're used to being active. They're used to being strong. They're used to being fast. They're used to being active and doing stuff and getting things done. And then literally when you get out of the military, it cuts your legs off and you feel useless. A lot of us want to go back to Iraq or Afghanistan because we miss it. On, uh, ironically, <clears throat> so I've heard that. it is strange, and I've considered many, many times over the years, like oh, I want to go make all that money those contractors are making, you know, guarding these oil fields. This is why I went there to begin with. Um, so I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression that this is a, a, a cure for it. Um, like I said, there's a number of things. Now I'm going to talk about some things, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, as in my memo I wrote to you, is that okay that I talk about this? Yeah, roll. <laughs> okay, I did talk about the ayahuasca. I talked about ayahuasca in terms of somebody who is, is dealing with addiction. And a lot of addiction, um, basically people get hooked on drugs for um, various reasons and so on. You're not born that way and you don't have addictive personalities in spite of what anybody says. Um, these are reactions. Uh, and coping mechanisms. This is the reason why people do addictive drugs because they want to escape reality. And so what things like ayahuasca or DMT do is it basically helps you con confront things that you know are disturbing about you but are too difficult to face. And so when somebody does a DMT or ayahuasca ceremony, they are literally handed everything that they have ever done wrong or are doing wrong currently in their life 
in a matter of minutes, it's right in front of you. And so it's potentially scary. Actually, it's extremely scary for somebody who has real serious problems and not recommended. I don't recommend it. It's, however, a lot of people who are drug addicts, have, they lack introspect. So they feel like they're not doing anything wrong when everybody in the world knows they're doing something wrong. And also with people who are arrogant, people who are mean, people who are rude, it basically levels the ego to zero and you're faced where you're detached from the ego long enough for these spirits or whomever to help you see this is what you got going on and you are a piece of shit. And everybody thinks this of you. So I want to show you what you need to do to fix that. Now, a lot of guys like myself, we have been in combat. A lot of guys have um, killed people, okay? Bombed um, whole villages, have shot up entire villages uh, of, of, of people. And, you know, it's, there's nothing um, probably more, I don't know, scary to be facing something like that, kill or be killed type of scenario. Um, I, myself, um, you know, as a combat veteran, we're, we're trained to do certain things. And after the fact, we basically have to live with those ghosts for the rest of our life. And that means, the ones that I think about the most are my, my, com, my, uh, com, my I want to speak Spanish to you, my compañeros, <laughs> my friends um, that I knew every single day and talked to every single day who are no longer present. And so we're, we're haunted by these things and there's no way of escaping it. So a lot of the guys take it personally and they feel like they could have, they should have been dead instead of the other person. So we live with this guilt for a long time. Why didn't we die instead? And so what something like ayahuasca or DMT might do is reset that switch in the brain that separates that ego. Cause that's all that is, is ego. Why didn't I? Because I'm not being recognized or I should have died instead of that guy. And, you know, it's, it's an ego thing. Now, the other thing that I find now, like I said, I would not recommend those two, especially for people who have severe PTSD, who have a background or have gotten. You would not, you would not recommend ayahuasca to people with severe PTSD? I think so. That's just my opinion. Um, having seen just because of the amount of anxiety it actually causes when you are in that scenario. The other thing that I find that I know is under research right now, and there's two things. One is done, being uh, done by a company in the United States called MAPS, M-A-P-S. And mm -hmm. MAPS does very thorough legal uh, treatments on soldiers with PTSD using MDMA and psilocybin. Now I want to talk about psilocybin separately than MDMA because they are definitely apples and oranges. If anyone has ever done MDMA, you'll find that again, you are separated from that ego just long enough to be able to finally just relax because you feel that knot in your stomach and you're so tightened up that every day, especially for a person who is in therapy, it's very nerve wracking. So what MAPS does is they have these people in long-term therapy where they have them do MDMA several times uh, per week in doses to the point where a person who is so clammed up, they are just, just, I'll just tell you anything. It's like truth serum. 
and they feel so good that that pain is removed from that portion of the brain. And those memories are, yes. I once had a very pleasant conversation, one of the most pleasant conversations I've ever had with a police officer while on MDMA. So yes, it, it, does, it does open you up. <laughs> it takes that section of fear out of the brain that eventually, that, you know, it is a connection to fear and anxiety. It's all there if you know that. Fear, anxiety, you know, um, a person who lies a lot or has a problem um, with being themselves can does 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 it like dial down the amygdala yes is, is that the mechanism there? that's precisely what it does the aggression is taken out of the equation completely how many fist fights have you ever seen at raves not many the people who do are people who are drunk the people that are are rolling their face off are happy and hugging and giving each other massages they're not mad at all because the anger portion of the brain is shut down now, the, and let's not talk about the negatives of that. I only want to talk about the benefits as far as therapy for the specific people goes. The second one is psilocybin. Psilocybin is the active in mushrooms. And now, when you think mushrooms, you think hippies and you think visuals and all that, which is part of it at certain doses. Now, at smaller doses, and I'm not talking about doses where you feel you're, you're seeing visuals and you're tripping. Okay, It's not like that. I'm talking about micro doses of psilocybin and on a daily basis. Now that sounds kind of crazy, but it is also effective for treating PTSD. Again, that ego that you would have on a full blast of DMT or ayahuasca is reduced down where a fraction you have basically. Hey, I wanted to, a lot of people have heard about micro dosing and is there any nootropics that it would be okay and personally i've never tried microdosing. i'm interested in trying it because i i hear i hear great things about it i hear that people in silicon valley use it so that they can go and program some like amazing new app or whatever is it is microdosing something that you want to do in isolation always or would it be okay do you think to do microdosing in combination with racetams adaptogens uh, nutraceuticals? Well, you have to go, as far as experimentation goes, um, you kind of want to be very, you want to depend on it solely, first of all. You want to see how you respond to that alone. In other words, that would be a day that I would probably not do my, uh, my Bulletproof or, or any no modafinil. no modafinil, nothing of that nature at all. Because what will happen is this, is this is how my experience was as far as microdosing is because it canceled out the modafinil. The focus was gone. I could not for the life because everything is going on and I, I'm not able to focus or generate reproductive. So in terms of you know, microdosing. Reproductive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking about? <laughs> You're like, well, I, I can't be productive today, so I might as well be reproductive today. Yes. So this it, this is why you have five kids. That's right. I do have very <laughs> wonderful kids. Uh, I You're do, lucky. I do. Um, just so you guys know, your listeners know, I have one that's studying archaeology in Turkey, one that is studying language in Germany. I have one studying medicine in Miami, and two studying engineering here in Medellin. Wow. Do you worry? Do you worry at all about Turkey? No, not at all. 
I'm thinking about visiting there because I'm really close. I'm like a five-hour bus ride from Turkey, but I, you, I'm hearing so much bad stuff about it right now. You know what? When I was there, the PKK, PKK which is a terrorist group, um, um, and the Kurds were blowing up you know, everything at the time. And yet, I, just like here in Medellin, if you stay in a bad area and you walk around you know, with your cell phone out and you look like a rich punk, then you'll have some problems. But if you stay in the areas where there are other um, foreigners, I guess there's a lot of foreigners there, which you don't know is it's this huge population of Polish people who live in Turkey, just enormous. And the blue-eyed, blonde-haired, they don't know the difference between a North American and the Polish people, so they look alike. In fact, there's certain parts of Turkey that are all blonde-haired, blue-eyed, which is in Konya, up in Konya, I believe it's up on the Black Sea, is all blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, Turks. And they're very nice people, in spite of what you might think. You got can't blame the entire country for the acts of few. Mm, okay. Okay, interesting tangent. So let's, okay, so you were talking about the micro, the microdosing. Now in terms of, of racetams, because racetams need to be taken in, in milligrams in order to get the, the amount of dose. It's a little bit like just putting a cup of gasoline in your car. You certainly wouldn't want to do that and want to go on a long trip. So in the event you were going to microdose, you would have to literally take microdoses the entire day. Now how do you measure a microdose? If you have it in powder form, unless you have nice scales like I do here um, that measure in 0 .002, um, there's very likely it's very very likely that you're not going to be able to uh, correctly dose it if unless you're taking it um, as an injection. So that kind of rules that out. Um, I can't say that for all of them. Um, I would like to experiment a little bit just to I could be able to have some reference, but it hasn't been attempted, especially not in conjunction with psilocybin. No, I don't think so. I did I did my experiment, like I said, and it canceled out the the productivity portion of the of the modafinil. So it wasn't really it wasn't really worth. What would you use microdosing for, like creative work, writing? You have to. It has to be something that you're going to be actively engaged in. Another thing too is that people overlook the fact that um, a lot of it in sports. I mean, just you, if you're going to be in a game or any kind of competition whatsoever, it needs to be something where your attention is necessary to detail. Um, if physically, the hand-eye coordination, the mind-muscle combination. It's all connected. So if you're a lot of the new pre-workouts have nootropics in them, and they they make them illegal very quickly. We've very quickly then changed the formula. Um, if it's damaging or if it's dangerous, I'm not going to have anything to do with it, obviously. Um, and a lot of pre-workouts have uh, the really, really, I don't want to go into which ones or what they're taking, but there are a lot that do. In fact, I learned about the mind muscle com, uh, connection in the 1990s when Dorian Yates was winning all the Mr. Olympias and I discovered two things about him and uh, I discovered he was doing meditation, positive thinking, um, listening to binarial beats way back in the nineties and also, uh, taking uh, nootropics along with the regular protein. Amazing. So yes, microdosing is effective if it could be taken, but what's the point if the half-life is 8 hours or 10 hours or 12 hours? 
It's, uh, I, I would say that it would be marginal in terms of uh, returns. So I, I would experiment, see how it goes, but I don't see any, any, any value in, in trying to microdose something that shouldn't necessarily be broken down into micrograms. Okay. We, we were talking about sleep hacking a little bit earlier, and you mentioned phenibute. What, what other, and phenibute is, phenibute is one of my favorite drugs. Personally, I use, it, I use it a little bit differently than you. I use phenibute when I'm, I do my 90-day periods of intermittent sobriety, where I don't, I don't drink a drop of alcohol. But what I'll do is my, and I don't, re, I, I don't like to go to like big, crazy nightclubs, but I do really like salsa dancing, actually. And everywhere here in Eastern Europe, they're, they're, you don't really, East, Eastern Europe is not known for this, but you can actually find a lot of good places to go salsa dancing. And so I'll use the Fenibute before that because it makes me a whole lot more sociable. You know, I've been working on my computer doing boring stuff all day. I'm like not in the mood to socialize with anybody and I don't want to drink alcohol like everyone else does to get social. So Fenibute will flip that switch. And it also, uh, the music, the, it really, really allows me to appreciate the salsa music a whole lot more. And so it's, yeah, so it, it's like the, it's the uh, enabler of my, like my more like smooth Latino side, it, 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 it really brings it out. Um, but you use it for, you use it for sleep. And you said, you said you only do that about three days a week. Cause otherwise it, it can be addictive. You run into the tolerance curve of the stuff. Right now, as far as the addiction portion of it, though, so you got to remember this, the GABA receptors in the brain, you have to be very, they're very sensitive. And so the only real fix if you had to is, um, taking gabapentin, which is also used for nerve pain, um, panic attacks and so on. It's an off-label use for that. Um, but gabapentin is basically something that could keep you stable if you decided to go over that. But I don't recommend it. All you need to do is literally 500 milligrams a day, which the sleep aid that I take in addition to it, that keeps keep dream in, has... Yeah, what's what's the other sleep aid other than Phenibut? There's a handful of, uh, of small of ingredients. I like it. I mean, I, I really enjoy the, the you know... The, Valerian? Yeah, Valerian it's, it's got a handful of, of, of everything in there, you know, that... That helps. I mean, I'm gonna, okay, I can't remember. These are, these are like herbal. This is like a, this is like an herbal, it has an the, herbal it sleep has aid. The, it has the, you know, the, the Melissa leaf. Um, it's got Melissa leaf in it. Um, let me see if I can. Chamomile? Probably has chamomile in it. I don't remember. Um, you know, it has a lot of melatonin in it. My, melatonin is not my favorite. I just want you to know that. However. Yeah, agreed. The, and, and. It has, it just, it's going to knock you out and it's going to keep you asleep and you're going to wake up at just, I mean, I find that if I take it at 10 o'clock at night, I wake up at my regular time to wake up, which is 5 a.m. to start my day and start doing my stuff. So re realistically, um, you're going to look at getting a good solid hours, six hours of sleep, which is all anybody really needs. I mean, if you're younger, probably 20 years old, you're probably in a lot more. 
but as uh, you hit f over 40, you don't need nearly as much sleep. Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, has been getting six hours of sleep systematically for the past 20 plus years because he does the same routine as I do, and um, we, you know, it's just we just we just happen to be doing the same thing. Even when I travel to Europe or to the Far East, no matter what, I always get six hours of sleep. Regardless, I have a technique that I use and it works. If I shut off all my phones, I don't get in any um, heated arguments online. Um, I don't have any. I don't have any axes to grind with anybody. I basically will uh, cover my eye, cover my eyes up. You get all the sleep. You know, because you need an hour's worth, and that doesn't mean going to bed. From the time I go to sleep to the time I wake up is six hours. I get it every night. And then, of course, um, in the morning I do my routine, and it seems to work. It balances out perfectly, uh, as far as a person who needs to be productive, some people who are into fitness and so on. And what I've found is that my creative abilities have really um, have really come out. Um, combining the morning, evening, uh, the exercise routine, and the meditation, I think those have been key to you know helping me run an enormous company. And uh, as far as my side project as well, which is also a research chemical company. And uh, it's not a nootropics uh, website. It's not a, but it is. Uh, is, the, is that professorchem.com? Yeah, professorchems.com. And that's something. Which, which is blocked here in Bulgaria. <laughs> you, you might, I, I, I had to use a, uh, I had to use a VPN to check it out. That's why I was late to this call. Very, actually, it is very interesting. It's a combination of, of SARMs. Um, I do have compounding. Um, my uh, BC, uh, BC suspension is on there. Uh, peptides, every every possible peptide. I probably have a hundred and something peptides. The the BC suspension was that the one you were mentioning mentioning earlier that increases bioavailability. Correct. That's it. It's actually a suspension. It's not going to be what you would use to break down and dissolve your powders into a solution because if it's not water soluble, it is not going to help you um, because it's just going to float. It's not going to. It's not. It's going to clump up. It's not good. You have to find the right solvent so this stuff by the way does not taste like brake fluid and uh propylene glycol like a, pe a lot of people use straight alcohol and you know it's like t drinking gasoline um it actually is sweet because i put stevia in it and it's like i said it's my own formula of transdermals as well and it took approximately three years to develop to get it perfect so in the event that somebody is uh looking at making their own liquid drops it's a very, very good option. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how much it is. I, I reduced the price on it, but it, it it basically would give you enough uh, suspension fluid to do numerous uh, bottles, or for your own personal use for possibly a year or two, depending upon what your stacks are. What what kind of what kind of nootropic would go really well with that? Do you think? I think um, probably fennel. That's actually, yeah, it's going to do, it's phenylracetam is, you know, on, for what I do, I mean, my kids take it. So, um, they obviously need it because they all study and because I'm not, the, the, the guys, guys, the guys, guys that, that I met, met there. there. Yes. Yes. Really? You got them on phenylracetam. That's, <laughs> they're, they're going to, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be smart cookies. That's, that's, that's dangerous stuff. <laughs> Extremely smart. And, um, and they're working on the third language. I think one is learning Japanese right now. So, 
And um, I, I insisted the other one learn Mandarin, and he's like, no, I don't want to learn Mandarin. I was like, whatever. And you want to learn uh, the business world, so whatever. But he's, they, they have accelerated everything. And they've gone from wanting to go out on weekends to studying more, and instead of watching television, which we don't watch TV here. I don't, I, I don't watch television at all. So I do apologize uh, to everyone who thinks uh, politics are so important. I have not yet to discover why uh, TV is important at all. So anything you guys send me and I watch a video of, it's um, probably uh, something that I can handle about 10 seconds of. Because I don't watch television. Unfortunately, I missed the entire seasons of Breaking Bad. I mean, everybody insisted that you really should watch this. I'm like, why? It's like, <laughs> you, no, you didn't miss out. You, you didn't miss out on much. You really should watch this. I'm like, whatever. So, uh, as far as okay, so phenyl phenylparacetone would go good in that in in a suspension, but particularly in that suspension, which would remind me the name of the, of that one, so I can add it to the show notes here. The BC, BCA suspension? BC suspension. BC suspension. Now, another thing to note as well that if you have any allergies to sulfur, this is not something that you would want to take because it is a sulfur derivative. Sulfur okay. is very good for the body, just so you know. Um, it Hundreds of hundreds of, of applications for the physical body. Most people are, are actually in deficit of sulfur in their body. Um, that they take it in in various foods and microdoses as well, which a lot of people who have things like, um, let's say, uh, funguses on their skin, things like that, this is very helpful for actually uh, eliminating it almost entirely. So there's a lot of things that uh, sulfur can do. But in addition to that, it's also fortified with magnesium, um, two types of magnesium in there as well. So it's good stuff. Okay. I would, God, I would love to try that with phenylparacetam, especially because phenylparacetam is so expensive that like anything that you can do to increase the bioavailability of phenylparacetam is just like all the more uh, cognitive bang that you're getting for your biohacking buck. Now, one of your subscribers asked about alpha GPC and you know, I, I'm a subscriber to that. You you know how I feel about choline and alpha together, and this is one event where you would definitely need it. Okay, I think that the two combined with the phenol with BC suspension is mandatory to keep from getting headaches because a number of people who use this, um, especially if you're susceptible to migraines, especially. Um, do you have to work? You have to make sure that you're dosing your 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 choline's and so on in the morning and in the evening as well. I recommend way before bed. So those are my two. You gotta get active way, in the morning. Way before bed. Way before bed. Probably two to three hours before bed. The reason is you don't want you. you these are gonna affect the mind, and you know that the body secretes human growth hormone in the nighttime. This might actually disrupt that a little bit, but that is only. Uh, that hasn't been proven. I am speculating on that since I know what it feels like um, to do one or the other. Also, as far as metabolism goes, because everybody wants to be in good shape, and if you are eating right and you're losing weight, something wrong with your metabolism. So what I've discovered is that if I could do anything that 
will increase my release of growth, natural growth hormone in the nighttime, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be uh, in better shape. I'm not going to retain as many calories. I'm going to burn them up. I'm going to lose fat in the meantime. And this is completely not, by not exercising at all. So I would suggest that. Um, so that's why there's no disruption to that. Um, it goes back to, to, to the Fendibut and the Keep Dreaming stuff that also helps to release uh, growth hormone as well. Hey, okay, so we were talking about the about taking nootropics in kind of like liquid form, which is something that I think will be kind of novel to some people. I have I've dabbled with this. For example, I I fell in I fell in love with uh, nicotine with with supplemental nicotine in USP solution. Like that Wow, like that that is one of the best nootropics that I don't want to say it's the best nootropic I've came across, but like as far as uh, fourteen dollars really well spent, like that was uh, an amazing stimulant, but there was a little bit of a down little bit of a downside to it, which is that you get you get hooked on it. You get pretty addicted to the nicotine, especially especially because it's in a liquid form so you're getting like you're getting feedback it, you're getting feedback within what like a couple minutes within just a couple moments you're getting like this awesome buzz so w- would there be a uh, would there be a you know one of the things that we love to tell people is biohackers people find out about smart drugs and they're like oh my gosh what's the drugs drugs are scary what's the addiction risk and we're like well there's not much addiction risk with something like uh, with something like phenylparacetam in a bioavailable solution, would there be more risk because you'd be getting the effect a whole lot more rapidly? Well, I think that if you're running it in the suspension to begin with, it is definitely going to hit you pretty hard. Now, the benefits of the nicotine, you got to realize that if you're getting something that is going to stimulate that much. Uh, you want to be really cautious, and my I have a problem with nicotine, and I'm going to tell you what it is. I have a organic farm in um, in Armenia, and the what qualifies Armenia, it, Armenia and Colombia, Arme- not, Ar- not, not, Ar- not Armenia, Ar- Armenia nearby where I am. Correct, <laughs> Armenia, Colombia, and uh, it's it's the the people that I bought it from have been in the coffee business for you know three generations and I you know I'm obviously looking around and I wondering where the chemicals are they're using for this to make it an organic farm well I discovered that chemicals are expensive in Colombia and most farmers can't afford to buy them so they showed me what they were using for the pest control and they had barrels large barrels of water that they would take tobacco leaves and just put them in the water to, it's a tincture, so obviously it's nothing but pure nicotine. Now what you don't know is that anything that's over a... I, I wanna go swimming in it and then I die, but I'd feel amazing for about five minutes. <laughs> you wouldn't even need that much. Um, let's just say it's 100 milligrams of nicotine. If you get it on your skin, and it absorbs into your bloodstream, you'll have a heart attack within five minutes and die. And there's nothing you can do about it. So I wanna warn anybody that thinks that, oh, I'll just go on Alibaba and buy nicotine. Be really careful because pure nicotine is toxic and will kill your ass. 
But if it's in something that's commercially produced, I guarantee that it is um, extremely watered down. But I don't really want to promote something that does because nicotine is one of those two-edged swords. The benefits are extremely good in terms of uh, nootropic help. And um, I think the neuroplasticity probably, it's, 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 it's phenomenal. But again, we're dealing with something that has a black eye because of smoking, which we know um, the correlation between that cancer. Now, didn't you have some... Um, Subscribers more had questions. questions. Yeah, yeah. And you, you just, uh, you just started with Chris with Crystal's question there. Actually, I was taking a quick gander at my uh, nicotine supplier. But yeah, there. Let's see. We heard from a couple other people that had some some interesting things that we can both chime in on. So let's start with Mariano. And he said, I would like to know why some people like myself get more brain fog or tiredness from some vitamins and nootropics when they're supposed to get you the opposite effect. Could it be toxicity levels like high metal overload? All right, let's think about this for a minute because essentially brain fog from a medical perspective is not what you think it is. When, when doctors talk about brain fog, they're, they're referring to something that would be considered early onset dementia, which I highly doubt this is. So my real recommendation is you got to get more sleep. And if these are affecting your sleep cycle, then I would recommend going off of all the nootropics entirely. Obviously, vitamins are good for you. You have to take vitamins. You should take vitamins. Um, probably increase exercise, change your diet a lot more, and then once you have fully recovered from that, probably go easy and ramp up on your doses of whatever uh, nootropics that you're taking and just kind of gauge yourself. I suggest keeping a log so that um, that, oh, oh, one more thing is that if your diet is really bad and you are an inactive person, you might have sleep apnea, which also causes you to feel tired during the day, and the brain fog in a combination, it would, it would cause brain fog as well. So I'm going to rule out that it's not uh, dementia, hopefully. Um, but at the same time, I think this person may be overloaded on nootropics and may need to cycle off for a while in order to recover and work on getting better sleep. Because sleep is really critical. Okay, my my response to Mariano would be that I would actually need a whole lot more information about what he has tried that seemed to cause brain fog or tiredness, and that if I knew what he was using, then I could make a better recommendation. Because some and there, I will say my my finding, you know, you know, I talk with like with like, I'm not gonna say thousands, but I've talked with like hundreds of people that use smart drugs and probably about, probably about 15% of people who use paracetam, one of our very favorite, most effective smart drugs, about 15% of them, it doesn't really work for them or it even has a contrary effect for them. So there's not, there's not really, there's not like a, universally effective smart drug. And because there is such a wide variety of mechanisms with 
smart drugs are nootropics. I, I kind of encourage people to have a little bit of like an abundance mindset that like if they if they try one thing and it just doesn't work as they hope that it will, like try try some other things and eventually you'll you'll find you'll find something that does work. But I would I would kind of encourage Mariana to uh, schedule a Skype consultation with me and I can give some more some more nuanced uh, points on that. Okay, there was a guy named Johan, and he said, should we all take a sip of methylene blue every morning? And uh, methylene blue is this, uh, it's, it's this nootropic. Actually, I've got it. I've got a little bit of it right here. And uh, it, I ha it's, it's, it, it was, or it or originally was a fish tank cleaning supply that was used to like keep the environment of fish tanks uh, harmonious. And they found that there's been a couple of studies that have found that it had like a beneficial long-term effect on mitochondria. And I'm going to put out a, like, I'm going to put out a video meta-analysis of it maybe in the next couple, in the next month or two and go more in depth into it. And, but my, my feelings on methylene blue is that I, I did take a, I, I took it myself for about a month. And I didn't experience any notable cumulative effect. And it, it does this weird thing where it makes your mouth really, really blue. And, and everything, everything that your, your mouth touches becomes really, really blue. And, it, and it, I, I worry about it uh, staining your teeth. And so as far as, uh, as far as methylene blue, there's kind of a lack of human studies. This is this is one of these where I'm gonna say, like, you know, you might I, I wouldn't make it like a biohacking tool that you're like really depending upon for your mitochondrial health because there just haven't been uh, a substantial number of human studies where they showed that it really worked. There was a couple of in vitro studies, a couple of animal studies where they showed it was like pretty helpful. Um, but I, yeah, I, methylene blue, I'm not, I'm not that crazy about it. And it is, it is inconvenient. I think there's a lot of other mitochondrial supplements out there that are a whole lot more proven so uh, the only methylene blue that i even know about is a, a drug treat to it's a drug to treat urinary tract infection i was i was i would i heard when you said that i was kind of hoping i hope this is not what that is <laughs> yeah nope nope something else okay the uh friend of mine matt he said quite excitedly yes i'm really interested in neurogenesis drugs such as dehexa mebcnci etc how much of a danger are these types of drugs when taking these types of drugs you increase bdnf and ngf but i'm under the impression that too much can cause cancer where does the balance lie how can you take these drugs to be safe and benefit from them well, okay, I think about this, a risk to reward factor with anything. I mean, even birth control is dangerous. So yeah, what the thing about is dihexa is one of these misnomers. It's really amazing for a couple of reasons. It's interesting um, as far as neuroplasticity, but it has things that people don't know about. And that is about regeneration and how it affects the organs the skin, the tissues, and so on. And I find this one probably the most interesting um, as of late. And like I said, risk reward. Dehexa. Yes, because it has an anabolic effect on you. And what I believe, now this is not documentary thing, but 
is that once IGF levels are increased, and what that is, insulin fat growth, insulin-like growth factor, um, is a direct result from that. Okay, and IGF is can cause cancer. Now, the only way that a person can actually take straight real IGF is to maximum of 20 days straight, three times a year. Now, the question is, do you want to push the envelope? Now, it's also second. It's, it's also very expensive to make. Now, this is not a, every single um, as far as a, a big pharma who wants to get on this is absolutely there's billions of dollars invested into this research. My neurogenesis. My neurogenesis. I think my my it's it's like I said, it's possibly one of my favorite of the newest, and I, I love the fact that the what it does for Alzheimer's patients as far as neuroplasticity goes. I'm going to do anything that's going to improve my anabolic activity. You know that, and my 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 abilities as far as in healing properties, um, and healing properties as far as cirrhosis of the liver and things like that goes. I just think it's just. Don't get too excited. I mean, it's on the horizon, but don't get too excited now. Um, Jonathan, what was the other one? Okay, so I'll actually quote you because you wrote a response. Very, very nice, very accommodating of you. M9S, so you can get a drink right now if you want while I read the response. If you're a... Okay, 9MBC is so new to the treatment of Parkinson's disease treatment, it's almost too soon to speculate on risk. However, it is phenomenal and very cheap to make compared to others. I'll do anything to improve my dopamine levels, cognitive skills, and memory, and I feel its properties are clearly beneficial for a healthy person. I would recommend cycles of it for no longer than four weeks, but take four weeks off if you can stand it. So the question is risk. Well, birth control is dangerous, but will it kill you? No, it's not going to kill you. I like it, and I think it's going to be a win when they're finally able to produce it in the States, not in China. I think that'll be a win for um, our small community of, uh, okay. of biohackers. I think it's going to help... Um, for people like myself that need to stay super organized and methodical in their work, in their, in their, in their, as far as herding cats, um, when you have five kids and you have 40 employees, you have to be able to stay on task. And I think it's one of these things that I have to also measure risk to reward as long as I don't overdo it, which the whole idea of anything that is, needs to be abused for it to work is not true. No more is not better when it comes to this particular compound in this uh, in this category. What was the next one? Actually, so I'll respond to Matt's question also. So he was talking about neurogenesis, with which like neurogenesis is uh, this is like the holy grail. Like shortcutting neurogenesis is like the holy grail of biohacking, because that like because if you could really really shortcut neurogenesis, then you're gonna be like Trinity in the movie Matrix, and you can just like down rapidly download the knowledge of how to fly a helicopter or pick up a supermodel in a nightclub or whatever you want to accomplish, right? So my my encouragement would be that. Uh, yeah, dehexa. I've never even tried it. Actually, this is the first time I've I've heard about it, and and I'll I'll probably do a I'll probably do a meta analysis of dehexa on my website. But my thought is that there's like there's so many other steps that you can take to optimize for 
neurogenesis before you start taking drugs that have like any type of risk profile at all. Like uh, vitamin B12, like one of the very most like proven things that you should be putting in your body, like increasing your vitamin B, B12, getting the, uh, what is, okay, so there's the really basic, which is the cyanocobalamin, then there's like the next level, which is the methylcobalamin, and then there's, I believe, the third level of vitamin B12, that is the, is it anthiocobalamin? Does that sound about right? Um, and we really need to, uh, we really need to like supplement like all of those types of vitamin B12 to optimize our uh, neuroplasticity capacities. And then, uh, you know, when I had spoken with Dr. Mark Ashton Smith, who is the guy that developed or, or that has done all the research and development with uh, the dual end back training app, he was like, I was like, okay, like you're, you've been in like a laboratory for like half your life and you've done all of the, like, he's, he's like a real impressive credentialed academic. And he, and I was like, what's, what's like one of your very top biohacks for neuroplasticity? And he was like, he was like cardio exercise. Like that was, that, that, that was, and uh, that was like one of his, his, his very top things. And then there's, you know, there's all these other type of, uh, there's all these like, like a lifestyle type um, hacks for neurogenesis and for making your uh, for making your life a whole lot more conducive to learning new things. Like like if you if you take a you know if if you take let's say you you do a vagabonding trip and you spend like three months or two months out of the year and you go to like a country where you don't speak the language and nobody speaks your language. Which so technically I I can't really claim to be a, a vagabond because everyone here in Bulgaria speaks English so well, but like doing something like that. Like I remember when I went to Colombia and I had to, I had to change, I had to really change myself. I had to reprogram my own cultural DNA to fit in there. Like that really uh, propelled me to new levels of creativity and to, you know, wrapping my head around like the way this different culture works. So I saw, so I'm, I'm giving a little bit more of like the, the self-help the self-help guru response, whereas you gave like the really nerdy response to Matt. But I would say like, yeah, like do, there's all these different things that you can do that are like lower impact to make sure that your neurogen, to make sure that your uh, biology and your lifestyle is conducive to neurogenesis. And then, you know, and then if once you've got all that figured out, then start taking risks on, on these, on these drugs. Um, And these are very advanced and actually could potentially they they will change your DNA, so you know. Oh wow, dehexa will. Oh wow, that's 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 something that's that's something to think about. And then um and then there was a guy Francisco de Anconia, which is which is uh the name of one of the characters in an, an Anne Rhine novel, I believe. But let's say he was saying. I combined alpha GPC and CDP choline in a blend I sell online called Choline Complex. Unfortunately, custom seized my last shipment of the two, and it's sold out. Questions to ask the chemist. He he asked if you're for hire. Are, are you for hire? <laughs> Always. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Great. I I will I I will link to uh, David's website on the blog post for this website. I'm also going to really encourage everyone to check out the website because I, or the, uh, blog post, the podcast post for this episode, because I'm going to have a picture of you 
and people people need a little bit of a vi- this is a, a place where the the medium of podcasting here is really lacking because you like you're like you're you're like a ju- a, a slightly shrunken version of of Arnold Schwarzenegger like you're 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 quite the you're quite the the monstrous uh, professor, we gotta t- you gotta understand something that just because we're nerds doesn't mean we can't be physically appealing, and I think that why should we be this intelligent and not look fantastic? We're this smart to biohack our brains. Why not biohack the rest of us because it'll help us live longer, be stronger, not be as lethargic, and not live sedentary lives. I just feel like we're really shelling ourselves short. Because we want to be attractive, we go in and we attract other people. We start to feel better about ourselves internally, and uh, I feel that it's it's all connected. And I think a lot of people are missing that connection um, due to some sort of a stereotype they feel they need to to be in. Um, and a lot of my colleagues, they dress like shit. They don't brush their teeth. They they the halitosis in my office was horrible, so I fired this guy. And um, you know, as far as being 130 pounds and six feet tall, I mean, um, you're gonna attract some some horrible girls. But that's <laughs> yeah, they're 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 in Lorella's. Stay stay classy, stay classy out there. Okay, so you competed in nine bodybuilding shows last year and what and um what is the okay like like what's what's why do you do that what what is the what is the what is the what is the trade-off do 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 you do you win you win money if you um if, if, if you if you place in those yes yes you do you it's a little bit like if you don't anything about soccer fifa is that when you win one, you go to the next level and to the next level and next level. And so my, uh, I actually competed in Europe for in, during the 90s and uh, I got injured, stopped working out, uh, obviously war problems and uh, came back, I didn't wanna work out anymore. So when I retired, I got back into fitness, got myself in shape did everything I was supposed to do. And then someone took notice of me at the gym and said, you know, you really ought to think about competing. And I was like, at that point where, you know, I could finally be out in public and I could finally express myself um, in, in you know, public speaking and so on. And they were right, you know. Um, you know, I have, uh, a, you know, natural great genetics um, for a guy that's five foot ten. And so I made a point to improve that part of my life and start, you know, becoming a part of a subculture, just like biohacking is. Um, but that subculture is mostly known for being people who are dumb or uh, I'm an educator or so on, which is absolutely not true. They are just as big biohackers as a lot of the people who are into nootropics, but they do it in a different way. You see, there is a thing, and the reason why they call me the professor is for two reasons. There is science and there is bro science, and a lot of bros figure things out. And it's not from reading medical journals, it's from experience. Like when some, for example, take asthma medication to lose weight. And who would have figured that out? A bro figured that out. Now, the reason why they call me the professor is because when I was teaching in the Dominican Republic, an international course, at a laboratory called Ethica doing a vitamin compounding course for new grad students, um, undergrad students, is that they were so uh, 
careless in the, in the laboratory. I kept saying, bro, what are you doing? Bro, don't do that. Bro, stop that. And so one of the students said, um, excuse me, professor? And <laughs> everybody laughed and thought it was so funny and it kind of stuck. And you know that was in 2005. So I never really thought much about it and that basically became um, my brand. So anytime I had to do any kind of seminar at the University of Miami, I actually get introduced as the professor um, in, in doing a course on biodiesel or something like that. And it's kind of fun. Um, it makes me very colorful. Uh, from outward appearances, the person would automatically assume that I was some kind of a dumbass, um, just some big dumb jock, make the dumb guy do it, <laughs> um, until they have a conversation with me. Um, they don't really necessarily have to, uh, you don't have to really be the biggest jacked person in the world to get in shape, but I decided to do, go into competition bodybuilding um, because I had before, it was one of my favorite things to do. Uh, as far as uh, getting in the best shape of my life, you know, getting down to really low body fat levels and going and traveling to these different countries and competing against these people who I read about in magazines and see on Twitter and, um, you know, see on, on TV in these competitions. And I actually got to meet all these people. We all talk daily now um, in terms of, uh, of that. And a second part of it is brand recognition as well. Uh, because I do produce SARMs, which is a selective antigen receptor modulator, which could be used as an alternative for steroids. And I do use my own products when I do compete. So I'm not getting the, the, a lot of the bad side effects you would get from some of the heavy oral steroids. Because steroids are legal down here in Latin America, but that doesn't mean I have to go take ones that are methylated and liver toxic and things like that. And a lot of these are safe, but they're not legal for human consumption, they are for research purposes only, but down here in South America, I can do whatever I want because it's legal. Now, the, the reason why I decided to do it at age in 40 instead of doing it at 25 is because I won my first show and I became Mr. Ecuador. Then I competed for Mr. Colombia and I got fourth place. And then I traveled to Mexico and I placed third in the Mr. Mexico. Then I was in North Americans and I got invited to the Mr. Universe. So I, I liked it and it made me feel good. It gave me a purpose for traveling instead of being some, some tourist. So I got to travel all around these different countries and picked up a lot of connections and so on as far as um, personally and publicly. And I've actually had a couple of seminars as a result of it. Uh-huh. Well, I, I'd like to uh, I'd like to to sponsor to sponsor your your speedo. You know, get like get get like the the limitless mindset brand on on your speedo, so that people so that if you so that when you're really when you're really in in the limelight, you get get some exposure. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll encourage people. You can if you got questions if you got questions for David the professor, which I'm I'm sure some of some of you will because you can see he's very knowledgeable. Go to his YouTube channel, and you actually you like to answer people's questions in in shorter little video blogs, right? Not longer okay. than three minute three minute videos. That's tops. You don't. I don't see any videos. You haven't done any videos of your competitions. It there's looks a couple. Like. There's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. It really is like it really is an awesome uh, visual representation of a tremendous amount of labor and science that you've undertaken. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so I was going to mention also to you, oh, hey, 
So let's talk about this for a little while. So when I left Columbia, I left with you what was kind of what 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 I consider now to be Kabaijo 1.0, the 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 first iteration of the uh, Racetam of the Racetam Rich uh, nootropic stack that is kind of that's that's the flagship product of Limitless Mindset. Now I'm curious. Um, what was how long did it take you to go through that supply that I gave you? I was not doing um, more than 500 grams at a time, so I think it lasted a good while. Um, I usually when I take anything that's new, I have to I have to kind of stop everything else that I'm doing so that I can, you know, kind of have a an unbiased opinion about it because it could be one thing, it could be the other that's making me feel this way or so on and so forth. So what I gathered from it, um, um, as far as comparing it to modafinil, that's what I'm going to say, but it gave me some additional benefits socially, which is what I really needed at the time. Um, in addition to that, it probably helped me with a lot of my hunger as well. I think, I, I think it staved off hunger. Hunger, really? Okay, yeah, that's, that's the, the first, first time, time I've heard, heard that. that. That one in particular, it could have been that batch or whatever, but I think they, it just affected me. It wasn't super racy, which I was grateful for. And uh, yeah, but it definitely gave me some um, plus, you know, my neuroplasticity is always, it's notable. You know what I mean? It's notable. I probably could use more. Of the, I want to try the new formula as well, however you've changed it. Uh, but this was a long time ago. It was like what, two years ago. Yeah, I've been in Europe. I've been in Europe just under two years now. But I enjoyed and, it. It's definitely, definitely worth, really worthwhile. Okay, great. Good to hear it. And so you found it, you found it similar to modafinil. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it has. Okay. There's only one thing, I, I strangest side effects that I get um, from modafinil that I didn't get from yours. It actually makes me very generous. I don't know why. Generous. It's yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I very very generous on modafinil. I don't know why. You're pretty. You're pretty generous. You're pretty generous anyway. So you you might want to you might want to go easy go easy on this stuff. Yeah. The the way. Okay. So it, that that product has evolved some in this time. What I what I did was I started taking I started taking it with paracetam on on the side in addition to the other racetams and i found that for me that really took the pro-social effects to the next level because for for me at least paracetam is just like it's a great drug for getting over social anxiety for being able to pull like really cool little vocabulary items out of the deep recesses of your of your mind and with so many people, so many biohackers that I talk to, they really like paracetam, but there's really a spectrum of dosage sweet spot for paracetam. So, you know, some people, some people will take like five grams of that stuff a day. Whereas, whereas for me, I would do the, what I, now I call it the red pill formula, which is, which is that formula that I, that I gave you. And what I would do is I'd take the red pill formula, I'd take about 500 milligrams of the red pill formula with about 500 of uh, paracetam. And for me, that was pretty comparable to a day that I'm doing modafinil, but it 
I could also be really social and I could be witty. And I, like, if I was on Modafinil, I, this would not be, this would be a, the quality of this podcast would decrease because it, it just kind of makes you antisocial. At least it did for me. But because people have this spectrum with paracetam, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put paracetam in a different capsule so that the people that really need a lot of paracetam, they can go a little bit crazy with it. And the people that are more like me that don't need as much paracetam, they can just do like one and one together. And so what I'm doing now is I'm selling it in two capsules. There's a black, a black capsule, which contains the paracetam, and then a red capsule, you know, the, the red pill, uh, there, there's, there's a bit of, there's, there's a double entendre, t- triple entendre going into that uh, symbology in the product. But people can take those, I, I wanted to separate those two out so that people could really vary that paracetam dosage to what really helped them to hit that sweet spot in between like being pro-social and being uh, cognitively enhanced and, and focused. So yeah, I'll, I'll, when I'm in when I'm in Medellin again, which is uh, which which I hope to throw a launch party for that product there in Medellin because back in a past life I threw parties. I threw actually quite good parties at nightclubs, and I'd like to you know really throw an epic launch party at some point there in that city, which which holds a very special place in my heart and I'll certainly bring you some of some of the new some of the new formula and I and I and I hope it uh yeah I I I'd be awesome to hear your your feedback at some point in the future would be great I could show you what I'm doing too I've got all my new um, product lines that are being finished and developed as we speak uh, should be commercially available probably at any time this year um okay so which uh, you're doing a lot of writing now. Yeah, I'm actually writing two books. Okay, and <laughs> that that reminds me. I, I one time I went on this date with this girl, and she told me she was writing fourteen books at a time. And I was like, I was like, four, 14, really? You're you're so so ambitious, you. Um, which okay, so of the two, which which one do you think is going to come out sooner? Sooner, probably the the um, um, dirtiest fuck. That's the name of the book. Dirty as fuck, D-A-F. And it is a dieter's book for bodybuilding, but for fitness enthusiasts, bikini modeling, um, just to get that beach body or to get completely jacked. And it's a play on words because, you know, when you think dieting, uh, there's dirty dieting and there's um, clean eating and so on. And so... I have a, a dirty as fuck is that's that's, that's, that's an expression, expression within yes. within that that microculture. Yes, it is. That. So okay. when you think diet, it's a it's actually a cookbook. Um, I do own a, a few restaurants, and I learned how to cook um, in the Middle East and in Turkey. So I have since opened up a bunch of restaurants and sold them using all these these recipes that I basically modified. Uh, you know, being a good chemist makes you a good cook sometimes. And so um, I have kind of evolved some Turkish food and Persian food and food from Saudi Arabia and combine them with Spanish food. Everything is accessible in the United States, so they'll be able to go on a grocery shopping list 
eat this food and put on a lot of muscle and you know lose uh, lose body fat if they follow the instructions. And depending upon the type of person they are, uh, whatever they uh, their goals are, these are going to be very very easy to follow. So and because dieting sucks if you don't know that already, um, but getting ready for a show really really is difficult. So I, I give a map basically of people who want to bulk up but don't want to lose their abs or of people who um, are looking to lean out. I have basically a diet for everybody and I, it's basically a cookbook. But there's like, it's funny, it's a, it's a well-written book that I'm co-authoring with a medical doctor in the United States who's also an NPC champion, competitor, um, and a Mr. This and a Mr. That like myself, but he's from the United States and a really great guy. So that'll be coming out. The second one is more along the lines of... What, what's, what's the, what, what's what's the, pro, what's the, the time, time frame on that? Is that like this year or is yeah, it's like when it's done? This year, yeah. They, this year when it is done printing, I have to go to book signing and all this stuff because it's actually a big deal with the people that I'm working with. The second one is called Becoming. And if you listen to the first portion of this podcast, without Slight, playing, slightly less vulgar <laughs> title, slightly a little less, bit more, a little bit more mass market, market appeal on this one. It is very much a, a, a mass market appeal. It's very philosophical. It is deeper than you could ever imagine, and realize it from my perspective. And I, I've taken this from um, immigrant soldier. Um, CEO, future, and um, and uh, thought leader. Um, who who would you say are your philosophical influences? I have, gosh, it's a guy. His name is Ron Flavin. He's a, a PhD in international business. Um, my second one. I don't want to even mention his name because he was my, he's been my mentor for years. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to give you anything specific because I use people who are alive to bounce things off of. Now, get me wrong, I really love Muhammad Ali. I think he was genius. Um, well, well, I mean, just so out of the box genius when it came to things. So I, I'm not. He, be, he was kind of politically incorrect. Too. Completely. That's what I, my whole book is. I, that I, I like it. You know, I'm a politically incorrect guy. My book so is. I, my my whole book is politically incorrect. I, I think we have been forced into that by um, you know by people wanting to control our people, and I believe in freedom. I, I am not into politics. I'm a bit of a libertarian because everything I like is illegal. Um. Okay. Well, you know what? So I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend that people, if they want to stay in touch, if they want to get in touch with you, I'm I'm gonna recommend. I'm I'm thinking your YouTube channel is probably the best place for them to come and 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 check out what you're what you're all about because that's the place I see you're putting out you're putting out videos like. You do it what, like a couple times a week or a couple times a month? Yeah, a couple times a week. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info 
at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.